to the Unlucky Frog Gaming Podcast. You are joined by your usual hosts, uh, Josh Hartley and Tom Mannering. Tom, how are you doing? I'm doing well, buddy. How are you? Yeah, I'm not bad. I'm not bad. Uh, listeners, uh, we, we took a week off last week. Um, I was helping Ben and Charlotte with their uh, house move and I was just absolutely destroyed for the rest of the weekend afterwards. I remember, Physical like, activity is not your forte. No, it is not. Never has been, but particularly now. Um, I, I just, like, at the end of the day, so it was like I went round to theirs for, like, 9 o'clock and we were basically packing things and loading things from vans right through until 7 in the evening. And, like, at the end of it, I was just thinking to myself, is, is this what honest work feels like? This is this is awful. Who would do this? Hard graft, mate. Hard graft. Yeah. So and I I I I basically slept for the the rest of the weekend. Um, to be fair, there's not been an awful lot newsworthy to talk about, but we have been, still been doing some gaming, so we'll we'll have a chat about that. Uh, there is one Kickstarter that I've just sent Tom the link literally moments ago that I wanted I thought was w- worth discussing. So this is Upzone. So what this is is a uh, terrain system for tabletop war games like Warhammer 40k, Age of Sigmar, etc. that is all done using uh, pop-up books. So the idea is you buy this this box set is enough to cover, um, I think it's a 6x4, and you don't have to paint anything, uh, no assembly or anything like that, and it all folds away into this small box, and you can just literally unfold everything and it pops up. Um so I sent you the link, Tom. What it, mm-hmm. what do you make of it? Um, I mean, it looks all right. Uh, it's, I'm not excited by it, uh, yeah. giving it a once over. Um, but I I think it's one of those things. I think it's always nicer to have more stuff on the market than not, right? Mm. Like, you know, you're, you're better having more than less. Um, yeah. I think the one that I think looks the most interesting is the dungeon zone maybe that's just me personally um that they've done um there's but, a bit more variety with that one to be yeah fair. definitely um but i mean there's been things like that before as well so i mean it's not that's mm-hmm. not even really that new um conceptually but um yeah i mean it, it looks fine yeah I, I i really don't have much to add beyond <laughs> that it's I, I, fine the thing is, like for me, I totally get the uh, market for it. Like, uh, not everyone is into painting terrain or building terrain, and like pretty much every single alternative requires assembly at the very least, mm-hmm. um, and usually painting as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think it looks as nice as no. like certainly not like the GW terrain, but like I've got a ton of like MDF terrain that i've painted up which uh, i much prefer mm. uh, the look of the other thing for me uh the price point is a hundred dollars for one of the sets mm. i i i think that's a bit too much for what you for what you're getting personally mm-hmm. but um 
I don't know. It it, it may well be of appeal to some people. I, I tell you what, it would be really good for would be, probably be for clubs and tournament organizers, right? Because yeah, it's it's not just the speed and of setup and the time you save in prepare like painting it so that it's ready. Uh, the storage space as well mm. is a big deal for those guys. So the fact that they don't take up an awful lot of room when they're boxed away. Mm. is a, a big bonus as well i and think you can my supplement concern, it yeah i think i think my concern with it would be how robust it is you know over time like something like this is going to take a lot of wear and tear um yeah. just being used and if you look there's a picture sort of halfway down the kickstarter and it says will upzone terrain hold the weight of my models and it's like yes yes it will but then I'm looking at the picture, and like it's quite well hidden. But on the left-hand side, behind the the sort of heaviest-looking model, you can see it actively bowing underneath the model. And I'm like, <laughs> well, true. it will, but only they, just. They've actually strategically placed the photo of them weighing said model as yeah. well, just to cover it. I'm onto you, Upzone. And uh, presumably they're resin models as well. I've got some pretty chunky, um, like pewter and like lead models mm. as well that I would be concerned about placing on top of it. Bust out the old metal Balrog from Lord of the Rings and see if that'll oh, uh, that'll go on there. No chance. But like it, it, heavy models aside, as well, like just cardboard is not as robust as plastic or MDF. No. Not, uh, not at all. So. Um, you know, it's it, it is gonna wear and tear quicker. I think um, ultimately as well, it, it, and and this isn't critical of cardboard as a terrain type because I have used it in the past and I probably mm-hmm. will use it in the future, but it just doesn't have the the depth to it. You know, if you look at like a an MDF board where it's it's a little thinner than plastic usually, mm-hmm. you can tell there's not as much depth, but it it they they can create the illusion of depth quite easily by yeah. layering it and things. Whereas if you look at like plastic, you can get a nice bit of sort of substance to it. Whereas if you look at like the top of like the crenellations on a castle there, they're flat, you know, they're two dimensional, Yeah. Um, which it's not a deal breaker, but for me, it just removes a level of kind of excitement. <laughs> yeah, I get, I get that. And like everyone wants nice terrain. Uh, there, there is a, you know, a Ben usually makes the point that you, you don't want your terrain out sh- out showing out shadow overshadowing your um, actual miniatures. I disagree. Mind. You think you think the terrain should be like as impressive as possible? I, I not necessarily better than, but definitely on par with. Like yeah. I, I I really enjoy uh, a nice board, um, you know, with decent terrain on it. I mean, I have mm-hmm. a sizable collection of forty k terrain. Um, which has only yeah, got you do. You've got like tons of stuff. Yeah, got more significant over the years, um, because I love like a, a busy board with that has a story of its own. Yeah, we need to get that painted up at some point, man. We do, we'll we do just, indeed. Uh, it's on uh, the on the agenda, the, the very <laughs> long term agenda. <laughs> <laughs> I still got like two boxes of stuff to assemble as well. It's. Uh, it's a rod from my own back. Is that terrain? Well, like terrain or actual minis? No, no, no. My, my minis are fairly up to date. I've got a couple of uh, Necromunda gangs I need to build. But aside from that, I think everything's mm-hmm. assembled. Um, no, it's terrain that I need to do, uh, mostly. 
Uh, I'll probably get more before I finish assembling what I've even got. Yeah, fair, fair. I'm I'm guilty of that. Most of my terrain, I'm I'm looking over my my tub of terrain. Most of it's painted. I've got some bits and pieces to finish off, but I'm mm. not far from it and then i will allow myself to to be fair i'll probably wait until we can actually like game face to face again yeah uh, before i invest in more expensive stuff <laughs> yeah but, i think that's a good job but uh we'll, we'll post the link for upzone so that you dear listener can judge it for yourselves and see whether it's uh, right for you there's still plenty of time left on the kickstarter so um, yeah, uh, you, you'll be able to back it if uh, if you don't mind paying a hundred dollars for a fancy pop up book. I think um, this is where you uh, you sort of tell me. Oh, by the way, this episode's sponsored by Upzone. After I've the, just torn no. into it. <laughs> if we have a sponsorship, and we haven't done it while Ben's been off, but uh, this episode is sponsored by Ash and Hold Art, and <laughs> so if, if you need to get your minis painted, hit Ben up. You'll get them sorted. For you, he dropped. Uh, he dropped off my uh, Nurgle Demon Prince, my Death Guard Rhino, and a uh, one of the characters. I can't remember his name. Foul Blight Spawn is the one with like the big uh, flamethrower on his back. So he's dro- he dropped them off the other day. So it's nice to. Yeah, I saw those. Uh, they were very nice. Yes. So, well, actually, yeah. no. They were they were disgusting, but they're supposed to be disgusting. But just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> they're supposed to be gross. Uh, he did for the um, for the demon prince. He's magnetized some like f- giant fly wings to go on his back as well, which is like mm, very nurgly, very good. Ah, <laughs> uh, so uh, gaming wise, um, what what have we been up to? Um, I've done. Since our last episode a fortnight ago, uh, I've done a fair bit of role-playing wise. Mm-hmm. Not so much uh, board and card for obvious reasons at the moment. Um, I know you still manage to do some card games via the internet, but I can't bring myself to do that. <laughs> um, but I've done some, some role-playing games uh, mm-hmm. over the last couple of weeks. I've played uh, quite a few games with yourself, uh, obviously. Uh, we continued the Age of Sigmar campaign, which is now we, finished for 2020. Yeah, we we have uh, finished our little arc, uh, finding one of Alenza's a part a piece of Alenza's uh, old old sword, his legacy weapon. Um, yeah. And what else did I do? Uh, ran Star Wars for yourself mm-hmm. as well. Been GMing a bit of Star Wars. Um, that's going quite nicely. We're still progressing through the first sort of um, plot of that. Uh, just gone into Act Two uh, of that, and we had a a bit of a social session where you were at a party. Yeah, we had. Uh, we went to a, a soirée hosted by uh, what was his Baron um, Duke Piddock. Duke Piddock. I got the I got the title wrong and everything. Duke <laughs> Clearly Piddock paying attention of the Gen- of the Geonosians. Yes. Yeah, so I remember that bit. Um, so uh, this was all like is a uh, guys to uh, we're basically pretending to be arms dealers. Although in the process of pretending to be arms dealers, we're actually securing some weapons for the um, uh, for the uh, Ryleth, um rebellion. Uh, rebellion. So we, I, I guess we are armed. I guess. Guess we're arms dealers now. Taking <laughs> <but, laughs> it till you make it, quite literally. Yeah, 
But the real the real motivation is to find a way to get at uh, the hut who is after us. Yeah. So um, yeah, a lot of intrigue. Uh, some very uh, some very sketchy characters at this party. I think uh, towards the end of the session, uh, we might have been rumbled. I think one of the guys there is a bounty hunter who's after us. So, mm-hmm. and your um, your R three droid encountered a bit of uh, droid ism. I don't know what the term would be dro- for it. Droidist. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Some someone there gave me the stink eye. Yeah, <laughs> in a droid. Yeah, how horrible. I know, right? Persecution in the. Uh, galaxy far, far away. Mm. It's quite interesting. Like it, it's scripted a module, um, mm-hmm. and it's like the the sort of the beginner one. Um, although it's quite advanced for a beginner one, but uh, it's the beginner one. But it's always interesting seeing where parties take these stories themselves, because obviously, although they're scripted, everybody has their own kind of take on it yeah. and their own approach to it. Um, so it's been quite fun watching you guys sort of make your own way through it and make your own sort of moves as to how you want to deal with each situation I mean, you avoided mm-hmm. some encounters uh you steamrolled into some others um <laughs> and you've uh lightly yeah you 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 had a little bit of clumsiness i would say with the social encounters but you managed to kind of um fumble your way through it yeah it's um it, i mean it's a whole new uh universe and it it, it does like affect the way that you play your characters. I usually play characters that are quite chatty, um, but I'm playing a droid and I'm kind of... He's sassy. He'll, he'll talk back to people, but I'm conscious of the fact that a lot of the characters in this setting will view him as a second-class citizen and will mm-hmm. probably be a bit like, well, why on earth are you trying to strike up conversation with me? Yeah. Or trying to lead this negotiation? Yeah. Um, so I've been kind of taking a backseat for that reason. I think having an astromech droid leading a negotiation would be a bit odd as well. <laughs> whistles and boops. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you've, yeah. You've not whistled and booped as much as I would like, to be honest, Josh. I will say that. Feedback for your... I, oh, okay. Wow. Your All character. Right. Okay. You know, I, 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 wasn't, I, I wasn't aware that we were going to get an end-of-term report, but here we go. <laughs> uh, Josh tries in class, but his whistles and boops are wanting... <laughs> Um, I did find a soundboard for my phone that has some of the R2 sound effects so I have used them I have used them occasionally but it's been a while yeah yeah that's fair Um, beyond that uh, the only gaming I've done outside of those was I got to play in the Legacy Warhammer game that uh, my friend Colin runs and has run since university yeah Um, so I'm I'm not I'm not wanting how long has that been going for now? That has been going intermittently since my second year at university, so a long time ago. I wanna say okay. about seventeen, maybe eighteen years. Oh right, okay. Um it's a it's a long ass time. Um this is a this is uh Lila Lenza, the the sort of the precursor to a lens mm. that I play in Age of Sigma. Um, who's a Stormcast Eternal uh, reincarnation of him? Um, he's a much shadier character in his uh, his original <laughs> existence. Um, 
but we had a we had a marathon session um mm-hmm. which was we started at 12 o'clock on a sunday afternoon and we didn't finish until like half past 11 that sunday night wow, so it was a, 11 man. and a half hours of of solid online <laughs> role playing Whew. i had to get like a crew to come in at the end and remove me from my seat <laughs> just, yeah, so just like, melted ah. into it. <laughs> Like uh, no, you mu- you you took break uh, like breaks so, though, right? I think we took a twenty minute break for lunch. And that was Holy about it. Hell, that's yeah. a long day, man. <laughs> it was it was good though. It was a lot of fun. Um, we had one of the one of the legacy characters carked it. Uh, he got offed by an exalted chaos champion. Uh, they're gonna do that. Yep. Which is they're pretty. Uh, they're pretty nasty. Yeah, definitely. We did. It was quite funny because we we were trying to figure out how to get past the encounter with him because we knew it was mm-hmm. going to be really brutal. And someone suggested, why don't we challenge him in one-on-one? Um, because in the Chaos Warrior Codex, uh, Chaos Champions always have to accept a challenge in the mm-hmm. tabletop game. So we were like, we'll just apply a bit of that that meta here. I'm sure that'll work. And it did. I mean, the guy got killed, but it, it got us past them in a roundabout way. Sure. That's uh, a heavy price to pay <laughs> to get past. The... I mean, I didn't pay it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tom Mannering, team player. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> what about yourself? What have you been up to? Uh, aside uh, from so that? it's it's funny you, you, you mentioned Magic the Gathering and I, I haven't done I haven't done any magic lately and I don't know, I thought it might be a good because I've alluded a bit to it in the podcast previously, how I feel about the game at the moment, mm. and I think I think it's hammered home how um, how scunnered I am with Magic recently. Because uh, they've got on Magic Online, they've got the uh, the Vintage Cube is back up. Okay, um, Cube being uh, the draft format, which is kind of like a, a greatest hits of Magic. These are all like the stupidly powerful and. Really mm-hmm. fun cards to play, and I found out about a week ago that it was back online. I'm not excited at all. No. What is I'm it that's? Not... What is? I'm gonna sit on your couch for a second. What is it okay. that uh, that's bothering you about Magic? I think. Uh, all right. I, I think a big part of it is the pandemic. I okay. think. Um, my favorite way to play Magic: The Gathering is in person. Sure. And, you know, like I, I, I treat it like a lot of my hobbies. It's an excuse to hang out with people, mm-hmm. right? And uh, you know, I, I, I would previously was going to draft at uh, Geekaboo, and uh, you know, it was nice. It was, it was great. Once a week on a Sunday, just catching up with those guys and hanging mm-hmm. out, doing the draft, and obviously. Um, they are uh, Geek Tom uh, Thomas at Geekaboo is still like running online events, and I've participated in some of them. I haven't participated in some of the recent ones just because I've not been, I'm not been feeling it. But um, he, he's he's doing a great a great job of like keeping that little community going. Okay, but it that uh, so so that I think that's the main reason. The main mm-hmm. reason is I don't. I'm not getting to play it in the way that I want to play it. Yeah, face to face. Okay. Um, I think the other reasons are that I've not been really enjoying a lot of the new sets that they've released. Um, I've not been excited for them. Is that from a thematic aspect, and that you're not sort of excited about the 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 planes that they're doing, or is it that you're not excited about the the sort of mechanics? 
that they're doing for this a bit of both uh, i mean the the latest release was zendikar rising so mm-hmm. we're back on zendikar again mm-hmm. and a lot of the same mechanics have returned like landfall and it so it's stuff that we've seen plenty of times before mm. and i'm like come on guys let's try let's try something new what i am looking forward to is them going to the forgotten realms next mm-hmm. year i think that's going to be really good fun uh, and there is a mechanic that they've introduced in uh, Zendikar Rising, which I think they will be bonkers if they don't uh, carry it over to uh, the Forgotten Realms. The, the mechanic is party. Okay. You basically get a bonus uh, if you have different classes uh, of okay. creatures on the table. So, like, you have, like, it's um, wizard, rogue, um, cleric warrior i think off the top of my head because they don't have fighter as a class in mm-hmm. <laughs> magic the gathering so i think thematically that would be great for the dungeons and dragons set mm-hmm. you know definitely um, so i i yeah I, that's a lesser reason okay. like i think uh, business as usual like if we were still going uh, going to the shop and playing in person, I'd still be doing it because yeah. it's a fun way to spend a Sunday. Sure. Like, yeah, I think that's fair. I do have a question for you about magic, but I'll come back to it in just a second. Um, mm-hmm. Just because you've mentioned it, I think the the Forgotten Realms set of magic is probably going to be the first time I come back to magic for a set. Yeah. Um, and it'll. Pro- I think the last one I was in was the last one in Innistrad, I think was maybe my last expansion uh no you we've we've done some pre-releases yeah but uh, i went to not... pre-releases and that was it like i didn't yeah i didn't get yeah, into sure. the set i just did a couple of a couple of pre-releases I, I mean like when i mean properly into it i mean like going and buying like a box or like okay. playing a lot of games or making a deck around a set mm-hmm. um so yeah i think that might be one that hooks me back in even if it's just for that set um, but I do have a question for you, and I want to see yes. A, you know about this, and B, if you can confirm the legitimacy of it. So I saw today that in a new, I think it's the Secret Layers, they're called, there's a yes. land coming out that has art on it by Bob Ross. Is that true? I have no idea. Right, I, okay. I have not heard that. Uh, I am going to I'm gonna very quickly look this up. Hold on. Because I was, uh, I was on would... Facebook, uh, and I saw, like, uh and i was like i had to almost double check myself um because i was like is this like an april fool's thing um to see if it was a thing but yeah apparently there's a secret layer um that's coming out leaked yeah yeah that's got it it's because um it's been leaked because someone's managed to get into the the codes and files for magic the gathering arena right uh, and uh, <laughs> they've managed to find the assets through that. Uh, that is um, that that is in keeping with Secret Lair. And to be fair, it's not one of the wackiest things they've done with Secret Lair. Cough, cough, Walking Dead. Cough, cough. Um, cough, cough, <laughs> Yeah. So you know, I I'm that I, that's cool. That's a neat little collector's item. That's mm-hmm. what Secret Lair should be uh, for all. For as far as I'm concerned, I've never purchased a single secret lair. Uh, I'll, I'll I'll preface it with that. Um, I will fritter my money away on other things. 
Yeah, I think that's that's a, a really cool like way to do it to get sort of different artists that mm. really wouldn't do magic stuff. You know, I mean, how how far is that going to go? Are we going to get like a Banksy land or something in the the next secret layer? Um, no, Banksy Banksy should do like alt art for um, some famous goblins. Mm, that's I fair. think he would do a good goblin. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. holding like an umbrella and a balloon or something. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, I think that's a that's a much cooler way of doing it. And and getting Bob Ross, like I didn't even know Bob Ross was still alive, to be honest. No, he's not he's not alive. He's not. Right, okay. I'm pretty so, sure he passed away. So this'll be like art that he's already done that oh, is okay. being framed into Magic the Gathering. I wonder so. they must have like had to go for like his family or something then to get permission to use it then. Oh yeah, yeah. They'll yeah. um he'll, he'll, yeah. They must they must have done that. But uh he was he was uh, insanely prolific because obviously he had his TV show. I think he's like one of he's he's like one of the artists that has done the most paintings in his lifetime. Just because he was doing like one at like several a day, mm. <laughs> like um, so that they'll have had and they were all like landscapes as well. So they will have plenty to choose from. Yeah, for, uh, from his uh, from his work. So that, that that's cool, um, and that's got, that's in fitting with uh, Secret Lair. I'm probably not going to buy it, but no. But it's nice to know it's it's there in kind of the community and, and yeah. the general magic universe, the the yeah. Magic the Gathering universe, if you will. So um, other gaming wise, uh, my new books for 40k arrived last week, so I've been uh, perusing over them. So I got. Um, the Codex Supplements for uh, Space Wolves and Death Watch. And I got the Big Forge World um, book mm-hmm. as well. And how have you found um, that? Uh, Space Wolves don't really appeal to me. so But it's it's a nice thing to have. Like, I'm, uh, like I've said on previous episodes, I'm going to try and collect all the codices as they come out. Mm-hmm. Um, Death Watch is cool. Uh, with the idea of being able to build these kill teams, so like mix and matching different uh, types of space marines to, and putting them all in the same squad, I think is a neat idea. Okay. Unfortunately, I think there's a way for people to cheese these rules and like uh, come up with like broken lists, but eh, <laughs> they'll they'll FAQ it <laughs> at some point. Uh, the Forge World books, the one that I've been spending the most time poring over, though. Um, and the the thing that really has caught my eye is that they have brought back the Orc War Boss on bike. So and just it's an awesome model, right? Uh, and he's actually re- like very good in the game now again, okay. which makes me kind of want to get like an Orc biker or like Orc speed like Mad Max, yeah, Speed Freaks army, like just all vehicles. I think that would be really cool, but I'm gonna, well, one not waste my money because, frankly, if I'm if I'm gonna pick up a second army, it's probably gonna be Blood Angels. Really? Um, yeah, because Sanguinian Guard are awesome. <laughs> so the Golden Boys. I had a um, Sanguinian Guard army. Oh man! Day. I sold it. Yeah. Uh, in fact, the the Sanguinian Guard in the Codex that I did them in nine ten years ago mm-hmm. um i think there were only something there's only like 42 members of the sangry guard it's a really like random number 
and I actually made my force so it had that many Sangri Guard in it. Nice. Uh, so it was the exact number that were, were contained in the chapter. Um, but then it was like, why would they be sending out like this incredibly elite force to go and deal with, you know, like a random orc <laughs> tribe that's going around in literally only 40-odd Sangri Guard that exists. But it was a horrible, horrible army. It's so broken. Uh, mm-hmm. It's the only time I've had an army that I think I won all but one game with. Um, and I got to a point with it that I found it really boring because I, yeah. I, I, just, I just, just knew how to win. And the old throat punch. Yeah, I, I was sort <laughs> like, of like, I'm, I'm not enjoying this because there's no challenge anymore. And like, I'd even try and sort of mix up my tactics, and they'd, they'd ultimately still end up doing the same thing because they were a close mm-hmm. combat army. Uh, and I remember the sort of the the death sort of stroke for it was I was playing my friend's Tyranid army uh, in Games Workshop Carlisle, um, and he had just loads and loads of like termagants and hormagants and gene stealers you know all the all the close combat horde units and we just charged at each other and i just chewed through him and i was like yeah this is not right like that's a close combat army they should be they should be stomping me um and it wasn't even like bad luck on his part or anything it was just how Mm -hmm. how extremely um competitive that list was and I think that Sangri Guard will be even more so with the two wounds as well that I imagine they might get uh, yeah they are very good currently uh, and not just the fact that they're good they're actually quite cheap points really? wise for, for what they do they're 35 points a model which does put them firmly in that this is an elite mm-hmm. um, an elite troop but I think they each model does something like 5 or 6 attacks on the charge Yeah, yeah so like the that. if you're if you know if you're fielding like a unit of 10 of them like 60 attacks on the charge you should be able to just delete anything that you touch with them really yeah do they have two wounds in the new rules or are they, they still do. one wound? they do yeah okay of course they, they do, do. <laughs> um so but so so my idea though is not to use like the regular um sanguinian guard models i want to kit bash and make um, more Primaris scale ones using the Stormcast Eternals from Age of Sigma. Okay, like they've the, got like the, the Death the Mask Angel on the go Angel. as well. I I'm, I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do with the Angel Wings because you you do have the ones in Age of Sigma that have like actual Seraph, big Angel it? Wings. Um, or something. Yeah, I I can't quite remember the unit name. Yeah. My my issue with that is I think that might be a bit too much having all of them like that um so i might just be a bit more a bit more muted with their jetpacks okay and like give them normal wings although i was trying to find it's surprisingly difficult to find like that scale angel wings to put on uh yeah. put on miniatures i couldn't find any uh on the internet so listeners if you know somewhere where i can buy that sort of stuff let uh, let me know but most of the bits companies that i go to didn't seem to have anything that would work for that or um, if you're uh, particularly inclined uh, set up your own company creating angel wings for miniatures angelwingsforminiatures.com there we go exactly I'll, uh, go buy that domain name in a moment and you can charge um, for that as well you've got a commission yeah. fee right there <laughs> but the the other thing i want to try out with blood angels is like the the other unique stuff to that chapter, like I'd want to get some um, 
Death Company, mm-hmm. and uh, I definitely want to get a Librarian Dreadnought. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Ben how to convert up a Librarian Dreadnought, and just the idea of having like loads of like books like chained to him, and like just you know how ridiculous 40k is. You could have like loads of candles placed on yeah, him yeah, as yeah. well. Like <laughs> if you do just... go that way, actually, if you ever do do make that army i think i might have a furioso dreadnought still buried around somewhere Ooh. i got from Ooh. someone uh, that i'll chuck you, you up on that and of course the the other like the other idea for an army that i want to do is like the all dreadnought iron hands is army. that a thing that's a thing oh, and that God. actually that actually works wow um, okay. it's not strictly speaking all dreadnoughts you need like uh, some of the, you need like some of the support characters in there okay. to actually make it work like you need a tech priest, mm. not which tech makes priest, sense. Uh, tech Mary, yeah. yeah uh, but dreadnoughts are like really good in this edition. Yeah. So, uh, and it's just fun and like quite fluffy, you know. Like, like that's what the Iron Hands are going to do. They've got like loads of like big war gear. So. Yeah, I think um, that's one of the things new forty k, not even new forty k. The last few editions of forty k have done quite well. They've allowed you to do a lot more narrative composition on your army. Mm-hmm. Just having like the, I think Unboundless is it or uh, whatever it's called. Well, you, you can do that, but even within like the match play uh, force organization, it is pretty like freeform. Like yeah. that Speed Freaks army we were talking about. Yeah, you could totally field an orc army that doesn't have any troops at all and it's mm. all bikes and buggies and all that. Would it be good? Probably not. But would it be fun? Yes. Yeah. Yes, it would. Well, you've got like, because you've got the choices now when you take like the, the force organization chart where you can take the different sort of patrol and battalion and recon reconnaissance and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff that give you like, you don't even need to have troops. You, you can just have, you know, f- fast attack, is it still called? Um, yeah, fast attack or like an elite based art. I mean, yeah. like when I looked at the the elite based one, I was thinking like um, uh, Deathwing from mm. uh, Dark Angels. Yeah, I remember. Um, you remember Matt Lund from? Yeah, Carlyle. I also remember his Deathwing army very well. Yeah, they were be- <laughs> That was beautiful. That army. I beat that with my Sangry God. Incidentally, <laughs> I, ma- I imagine you would have. Because Deathwing weren't good in that edition. No. <laughs> like, but they're pretty decent now. Yeah, yeah. No, that's fair. Uh, yeah, I think that's a great addition to the game that you... Because back in my day, uh, you couldn't really go outside of, you know, two troops and a HQ, and then you had a, mm-hmm. a couple of, of slots around that that you could fill with some elites and some fast attack and blah, blah, blah. Um, but now there's so much more customization of your force organization chart. Uh, I think that's... That's a really good step in the right direction for making yeah. more narrative-driven armies. It does open you up a little bit to some more cheese wheelie armies as well, but you know that's the price you pay. I th- the thing is, it depends on who are you playing it with, right? Like, because mm. I ain't going to GW or like another gaming store and just like playing against randos anymore. I'm probably going to be playing mostly against you and Ben. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, uh, I might I might have a crack at tournaments when they start up again but yeah i wouldn't mind going back to a a tournament uh down at at warhammer world i used to do i did a few back when i worked at games workshop oh Uh, they're so much fun yeah i've had mixed bag experiences uh could probably do an episode on on tournament experiences (laughs) uh and tell some some interesting anecdotes um but 
yeah, I've had some really good good experiences down there as well. Um, so quite often, a lot of the, the more enjoyable things that happen when I'm at those events have nothing to do with the tournament themselves. Uh, it's the events around it. But Yeah, of course. I, I mean, God, I remember poor Simon. Uh, we were going down for a fantasy, um, Warhammer fantasy tournament, and he was finishing off his uh, Night Goblin army. And I kid you not, I think something like 200 models he managed to paint in very quick succession and he was he yeah he was he was he was done <laughs> he was done in by that funnily enough i have a, a story related to last minute painting of night goblins uh okay. a tournament as well not myself uh, but i was privy to this so i went to a tournament for the student nationals mm-hmm. with a with a friend of mine um and there were a group of us went down and he took night goblins and he hadn't painted the army at all and he just said i'll, I'll do i'll paint them the night before and i'll just no, do, you won't <laughs> i'll just do what needs to be done uh to get them i think it was one of those like you had to touch three colors on a, on had he primed them model. at least this is where the the story sort of gets awkwardly interesting so he we got down there and we said have you got your primer and he said oh i haven't brought any primer with me and we're like well don't worry there's a games workshop here and we got there early enough in the day that we could get to the games workshop so hold on hold on you're there on the day when's the tournament the next day okay um, 24 hours yeah less than 24 Doot. hours probably about Doot. 18 hours <laughs> Doot. Doot. so we're like right what paints have you got and he's like right, well, i've got green for the skin you know i've got uh metal for the weapons and then you know they'll have their robes which i'll i'll prime black we went to the games workshop and they only had white primer don't no, this this isn't going where this I think this is going. So he got the white primer. Uh, we primed his night goblins and started painting them and realized yeah. how inappropriate. So so for the for those of you who don't like play Warhammer or never played Warhammer Fantasy, right? Night goblin robes have uh, like that that you know like sort of traditional like clerical looking robes. With uh, pointy hoods. Mm-hmm. Yep. And so, how at what point did someone say, "Guys, we're painting up tiny clue cl- uh, like clan members"? It was here. probably a, probably further in than it should have been. We were all <laughs> quite tired from having travelled down to the event and sort of run around getting stuff. Wow. Uh, he d- he had to go with them as as was, um, and he basically, if I remember rightly. He, he got pulled up by one of the staff. Oh, yeah. And they were like, do you think that's appropriate? And he, he told them the story, and they, they were quite sympathetic to him. Yeah. Because he, he did say, look, I didn't. This is not my intention at all. I, I went to get black primer. They only had white primer. I didn't want to come with an unpainted army. Um, I, I swear, as soon as I get home, they're getting reprimed and repainted. Um, but that, that always kind of struck in my memory you 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 might have got away with it if you painted the hoods a different color right i think on some of them he did like like maybe like give them like a red a or a blue hood color. yeah yeah just sort of break it up but there was so many be like this isn't the kkk <laughs> <laughs> like 
It's not the way you don't want to start a tournament going in with your hands up, going, I'm not a racist. You know, that's not the way to start your tournament experience. I'm not a racist, but here's my army. (laughs) So, a little bit of uh, advice for you there. Always check your your army is politically correct. Just just paint your army in plenty of time, basically. That too. That helps a lot in that process. And you know what's a great way of making sure your army's painted in plenty of time? Hitting up Ash and Hold R. Boom! Spy round! So, Ben and Charlotte are moving into their new house uh, this weekend. So, we'll, we will get Ben and both Ben and Charlotte back on the show soon. And I know Ben, obviously, with him doing uh, the miniatures painting pretty much full time now. He's uh, getting his own studio set up, mm-hmm. so I'm looking forward to seeing how that uh, how that looks when it's all done. Uh, we'll keep you all posted on that, no doubt. Um, but I think um, I think on the note of uh, tiny racist goblins, should we uh, should we draw this episode to a close? Sure, that seems like a good point to end the episode. <laughs> Okay, look, guys, thanks very much for listening, and as always, take care. Bye. Bye.